This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. August the 19th, 2020. Today is National Potato Day, everyone. Yes! Jim, James Patrick Kelly, as an Irish man, I'm, I'm sure that you... Enjoy a good potato every once in a while. I eat two a day to help keep me strong. <laughs> What's the best way to eat potatoes? A survey was done across North America. What would your guess be? Uh, it's got to be garlic mash. French fries, bud. Oh, well. Hands down, French yeah. fries. Big winner. I mean, it, it, for convenience, though, but if you're going to buy, like, what, what is the best, the best? Mashed potatoes. With a ton of butter is the best. Mashed potatoes was number two. Garlic mash is good. Yeah. Uh, my stomach just started grumbling when I said <laughs> that. You go to a nice restaurant, they have good garlic mashed potatoes with a little bit of the skin in there. Oh, love it. Yeah. A little salty. You know, an underrated potato is the scalloped. Yeah, you say? I, I like the scalloped potatoes. Not you? You know, a little too much effort, not enough, not enough bang, I'd say. I've never made them. It's always like a Thanksgiving. If you go to Thanksgiving at mom's house, she's, mm. mom did scalloped potatoes. Nice. Golden. They got a little golden brown on the top. A little crispy on the top. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm getting hungry for some potatoes. <laughs> Double baked. Also another underrated potato. A lot of effort. Jim, I know it sounds like you're not into the potato effort. No, no. But uh, single bake is plenty <laughs> worth it. Jim's more of a single baked guy. <laughs> Poke a couple holes in it, toss it on the barbecue. I will say, if you are single baked yourself, a double baked potato <laughs> would taste pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Sad story in the world of hockey. Dale Howardchuck, Hockey Hall of Famer, uh, has passed away. And we've got Mike Stubbs from Global News Radio, our hockey guy, on with us. Hey, Stubbsy. Hey, Taz. Hey, Jim. Howard Chuck had quite the career, didn't he? Holy cow. From even going back into junior, he played for the Cornwall Royals, and at that point they were actually in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and held them to a couple of Memorial Cups. Then he went first overall to the Winnipeg Jets, and everybody looks back at those Jets teams, and they had some talent on them, but at the same time they were always up against Wayne Gretzky and the Oilers. If there had been just a couple more guys helping out Dale Howarchuk. Winnipeg was that classic team where they'd finished winning Avco Cups in the WHA, and they'd done it with veteran teams, so they were a young team and kind of rebuilding, and, and you know, they, they just never really surrounded him with the talent that he needed, and he was a guy who in the NHL had six 100-point seasons. Jeez. Just an amazing hockey player. You say one of your favorite hockey stories involves Dale Howarchuk. He not only was an amazing hockey player, I mean, he was the kind of guy that would sit down with anybody off the ice and was as down-to-earth as they came. He would talk to you about anything. And we were talking one day, and we talked a lot about junior hockey and a bunch of other things. And then all of a sudden, he just worked this in at the end. He said, back in 87, you want a story from, from the Canada Cup? And I thought, yeah. You know, think about that Canada versus the Soviet Union, those three games and how great they were. Every one of them ended six to five. And this was for essentially the ultimate international prize. Because remember, nobody went to the Olympics from the pro ranks in those days. So this mm -hmm. was it. When the Canada Cup was played, this was big. And Dale Howarchuk was on that team. And if you think back to that Mario Lemieux goal right at the end of game three, 
there was a face-off in Team Canada's zone. There's a little over a minute left. And on the ice, you have Mark Messier, Mario Lemieux, and Wayne Gretzky. That's, that's not a bad line. Yeah, right? pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. And so Dale Howarchuk is sitting on the bench because he was on the team, and he's looking out, waiting to see who's going to win the face-off. And all of a sudden, Mike Keenan comes up behind him and taps him and says, Dale, go take mess. He looks tired. And Dale Howarchuk turns around and says, you want me to do what? <laughs> yeah, go take off Mark Messier. He looks tired. And so Dale does as he's supposed to do. He hops over the boards. He goes out. And he's realizing he's got to take this face off in his own zone in a game where it seems any puck that's shot at the net is going in. So he skates over to Wayne Gretzky and he says, Hey, Wayne, do you want to take this? And Wayne says, no. <laughs> and then he skates over to Mario Lemieux. And you can watch this happen on the video. Skates over to Mario Lemieux and he says, Mario, you want this? And Mario says, wrong side. I'm a right-handed shot. I can't take it. And so Dale looks at both of them and he says, I'm going to tie this up. You guys come and get it. And if you watch off the draw, Dale Howarchuk, great, big, strong guy, ties up the draw. And they swoop in, they get the puck, and then Dale does this little sneaky hook of a Russian or a Soviet defenseman, and that kind of springs Larry Murphy and Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux on this three-on-one, and sure enough, Murphy finds Gretzky, and Gretzky finds Lemieux, and Canada wins the Canada Cup. And even though Dale Howardchuck will not be on that last goal, he had everything to do with making it happen. Even though no one wanted to take the face off. <laughs> even though no one did. And now there was Dale Howarchuk. He did what needed to be done, even when superstars didn't want to do it. Yeah, Dale Howarchuk, NHL. Hockey Hall of Famer lost his battle. Um, he had stomach cancer. He's passed at age 57. And our thoughts and condolences go out to his friends and family uh, across the NHL, the Ontario Hockey League, the Barry Colts, he was the head coach of the Barry Colts from 2010 to 2019, and I'm sure uh, the Barry Colts are going to be missing uh, Dale as our hockey fans all over the globe. Now they have Howard, Chuck, Lemieux, and Gretzky all center icemen on the ice, and it looks as though Howard, Chuck will draw the assignment against Becca. Howard, Chuck wins it, and here's Lemieux poking at the center. Lemieux ahead to Gretzky. Has Murphy with him on a two-on-one to Lemieux. And on goal, he shoots, he scores! This sounds like some vindication for Toronto Raptors president Masai Ujiri. Yeah, and a surprise to basically no one that this is actually how it shook down. Uh, after the Raptors won the finals, everybody's celebrating. Masai Ujiri was on the floor seats, and he was about to go onto the court uh, to celebrate with his team. Yeah. Um, He's the president of the organization. Yeah. That's what he should do. Kind of a big deal. He's earned it. Uh, so he's walking, uh, you know, behind the net and then onto the court. He, As he's walking, he's pulling out his lanyard to show his, uh, to show his uh, credentials to show that he's on the court. And a police officer and him got in a scuffle. Now, when it first happened, the police officer said Masai Ujiri pushed him first. Masai said, no way, the cop instigated it. He pushed me first. Finally, the body cam footage is being released. Hold on. So the cop sued Ujiri knowing that he was wearing a body cam? That yes. Would, that would completely 
prove him wrong. And it and it absolutely did. The audio is here for you, Taz. It's kind of hard to make it. I mean, the Raptors just won. There's a lot of cheering going on. It's kind of confusing, but you can see that it's getting heated here. Okay. So it's again, it's hard to hard to make out. But yeah, the I guy, heard a back the f up. I think that's the police officer. Uh, he uh-huh. pushes, um, like Masai is pulling out his lanyard as it's happening. So then he's kind of walking past the cop. A security guard notices the lanyard and lets him go by, knowing that it is the proper credentials. But it's the cop who stops him, pushes him. The cop pushes Masai. Masai then removes the lanyard completely, shows him again. And says, I'm just trying to go on the court with the Raptors. The cop pushes him one more time. Masai pushes him back. And then there's another security guard realizing what's going on, saying, please, 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 and trying to break it, it up. It's crazy. I understand there being confusion in that moment. But it's crazy that this cop sued. Uh, he said that he was injured, that he wasn't able to work because of the injuries that he suffered. Like, Yes. He barely got pushed. If this guy, and I think we said this initially when it happened, if this guy is that shaken up after that altercation, then he probably shouldn't be a police officer. I'm going to quote directly from the lawsuit here. The cop claimed he suffered injuries to his body, health, strength, and activity, and person, all of which have caused and continue to cause plaintiff great mental, emotional, psychological, physical, (laughs) and nervous pain and suffering. Wow. Two shoves. Two shoves and that's it. Can you imagine somebody actually hit him? (laughs) Just crazy because you know, you know you can't get away with it. Not only do you have the body cam, but every other camera in that facility saw it. Masayu Jiri has filed a countersuit. Good. So he is now suing the cop. After being shoved and cursed at, Mr. Ujiri did not respond aggressively. Instead, he calmly asked Mr. Strickland why he pushed him, informed Mr. Strickland that he was the Raptors president, and held up his all-access credential to show it to Mr. Strickland. And that's exactly what you see happen on the body cam footage, which, if you want to check out, we have posted on the Taz and Jim Facebook page and our, our Twitter account. So go watch this thing, and uh, then at 1.30... Watch the Raptors take on the Nets as the NBA playoffs continue. I have a feeling if they're able to uh, repeat, nobody's going near Masai Ujiri (laughs) when he's making his way to the court to celebrate. Jim, I'm going to give you a hypothetical here, okay? (laughs) Okay. Sarah's in the water. Your girlfriend Sarah's in the water. Would you rather have to jump in to save her from an alligator or a shark? 100% 100% an alligator. Why? Because they're less mobile and they have to, it takes them a while to open their mouth. So it's like, if their mouth is open and comes down, you're screwed. But if you can keep them from opening their mouth, you're good to go. I think, from what I understand from the crocodile hunter. And if you get behind it. Yeah, it's it, a shark. You can never beat a shark in water, right? But you may be able to wrestle an alligator. That's not true. And case in point right here, this is, a, this is a real relationship test. A man punches great white shark to save his wife's life. Whoa. This happened on an Australian beach over the weekend. Uh, a guy named Mark and his wife Chantel were spending the day at the beach. 
near New South Wales when the shark, which was between 6 and 10 feet long, attacked Chantel, threw her off her surfboard. Um, the husband jumped in, began punching the shark until it let her go. No way. This is what uh, Mark said after he saved his wife from the shark. Well, you see the mother of your child and your support, everything that's who you are. So you just react. It hit her like a, like with a force and threw her off the board. When I got over there and saw that it was on her calf, your immediate reaction is get off her calf. So I was trying to leverage punches sort of down onto it. It feels like you're punching a brick wall. She's a conservationist and a botanist and doing a PhD. She was kind of worried about the shark. <laughs> Stop hitting the poor thing. You know, it just goes to show you can't do anything right when you're the <laughs> husband. You know, I, honey, I just saved your life. That shark was eating you. But you didn't have to hit him so hard. Yeah, why didn't you give him a stern warning first? <laughs> I hope there isn't a point in Mark's life where he regrets saving his wife from the <laughs> shark. <laughs> How long until she's complaining about dirty socks on the bedroom floor? <laughs> what about the shark? That was two weeks oh, ago. Oh, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> uh, after the shark let go of her, Chantel uh, was treated, airlifted to a hospital. She had surgery, but she is going to make a uh, uh, full recovery. So, What a beast. That guy's awesome. Yeah. is Do you punch the shark in the nose? That's the thing, right? You're always supposed to punch the shark in the nose? That's what I've heard, or go for the eyes. Right. Because David Hasselhoff, when he fought the great white shark on Baywatch... He used a piece of driftwood, I think, to stab the, the <laughs> shark in the eye. There's another tip for mm. you if you ever have to fight a shark. We'll, we'll look, do a quick scan, see if you can find a floating piece of driftwood. <laughs> stab Fingers the crossed. Stab the shark in the eye. Yeah, I know you saved my life, honey, but you could have jumped in sooner. <laughs> <laughs> and someone sent me this story. It's from the London Free Press. Headline is, Man 70 Gets Fork Stuck in Uh Penis. Why? How? An elderly Australian man ended up in the hospital after he jammed an entire 10-centimeter fork. We're not talking just the small end. He had the entire fork in there. Was he... Wait, wait. Was he confused... And he was eating breakfast. He was eating his bangers and mash, naked. Well, I think he was he he was using the bangers and mash all right. <laughs> He's mashing his banger. He was mashing his banger with the Jeez. fork. He was he was looking to get forked. <laughs> that takes talent. We, we don't know this guy's name. Thank God, because that would be that would not be uh, a good visual for his grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. And at 70, you're done exploring, I thought. <laughs> you're, that's probably it. At 70, what else is there left? <laughs> You've done it all. You've I seen it so. all. Yeah. Until one day, you open that silverware drawer and you think, hang on, I haven't never tried this one. What if? <laughs> <laughs> it's a medical journal wrote an article about how they got the fork out, the surgery, and I will not go into the details there. Um, but the term copious lubrication oh, is goodness. used. <laughs> oh. 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 Yeah, you don't want to know the details. No, thanks. 
but it may not be uh, <laughs> the best idea. When he pees, is it like a sprinkler now? <laughs> to try that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like the... Uh, uh, we have this thing in our backyard that we turn on. It's not a, it's not a sprinkler. It's a like a wet noodle that sprays in all directions. <laughs> okay. Wacky noodle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do not try that one at home. Jim, you mentioned that you're just getting around to finishing the Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix, The Last Dance. Are you done? No, no. I got one or two episodes left. A lot of Michael Jordan news out there right now. Did you see that a pair of his game-worn sneakers just set a record for most expensive footwear ever sold? Yeah, and those sneakers are sweet. $615,000 U.S. is what they sold for. Hmm. Parent Nike Air Jordan 1 high shoes. Uh, That's actually lower than they thought they were going to go for at an auction. They're estimated at $650,000 to $850,000. But I guess, you know, hard times, COVID-19. <laughs> you know, we're in a pandemic. You know, you got to cut back somewhere. <laughs> the sneakers were worn during an exhibition game. Really? That Not much for cool. exhibition game sneakers? I, I was, I, when I first saw it, I thought in, in the documentary, he, he puts the sneakers, his old original Air Jordans back on for his last game at Madison Square Garden. That was cool, yeah. Yeah, so I thought those were going to be them, but yeah, it was just like a European exhibition game or something. Right. But it's so funny how far along shoe technology came just in Jordan's career alone, because when he put the old Jordans back on, he said his feet were bleeding and he had blisters after halftime. These shoes that sold in this auction, they did have a shard of glass lodged in them from where uh, Jordan shattered the backboard after after a dunk, which is kind of neat. That is sweet, So there's actually. a piece of the glass from the backboard that he shattered hmm. in the shoe. Imagine the shoes uh, that he wore during the flu game. <laughs> Little speckles of Michael Jordan vomit on them. <laughs> <laughs> When he got food poisoning from that pizza, wink, wink. Whoa, I am not there yet. Oh, that's a good episode. That's a good episode. (laughs) On a serious note, uh, one of the guys who was convicted of murdering Michael Jordan's father is up for parole. He's going to be released from prison uh, in 2023 as long as he behaves himself between now and then. Mm. I would be... Pretty nervous if I was this guy. I'd almost want to stay in prison. Yeah, there's so many people who absolutely love Michael Jordan. A lot of Jordan fans out there, and I'm not saying Jordan himself would do anything. I mean, hopefully he's made peace with what happened with his father. Um, But you see him sitting there sipping sipping that bourbon, smoking that cigar he definitely looks like a guy who could make things happen yeah remember what he uh what he did to the guy who said good game michael i know <laughs> he's the kind of dude who holds a grudge yeah so, yeah with the cigar and the booze just a nod of the head i think michael jordan <laughs> could get anything done that he wants to get done um but yeah one of the one of the two men convicted will be released on parole August 2023. And one more little piece. This is kind of a Michael Jordan story, but uh, ESPN has posted the unveiling. Everybody get up. It's oh. time to 
The new uniforms for Space Jam 2 for the Toon Squad have been unveiled and... I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just getting old, but they look a little campy to me. Yeah, it's like they're they're trying too hard. Uh huh. Like the original ones, it was simple. It was like Basic. white. You got the circle, the the Looney Tunes like circle that they pop out of at the start of the cartoons in the front. Toon Squad. This LeBron one, it's like off to the side. It's way bigger. The colors seem seem inappropriate. Yeah, it's just not realistic that that would be the jersey that a bunch of cartoon characters would wear if they were playing with an NBA superstar. (laughs) So unrealistic. Who is this? Taz and Jim. I've never ever got through calling you guys. You did it. What's going on? Nothing. What's going on with you? Who is this? Is this Taz? Yes. No way. Sorry, my language. Sorry. What's your name? Is this Taz? This is Taz, 100%. I'd love to say hi to all my Zurich buddies, you know? That's all I'd love to say. Your Zurich I that, buddies? I know my buddies listen to your radio station at Zubix, and they oh, love your Oh, at Zubix, at the yeah, uh, scrap metal, metal place. place. Yeah, man. Awesome. Who's this? This is Ryan. Cool. And what do you do at Zubix? I work, at the, I work with the scrap pile and everything. Stuff. All right. You ever find little uh, treasures there or what? Oh, I've, I've, we found coffins and stuff like that. We, you know, it's cool, man. I've never gone through to you, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Hold on a second. Was there anything in the coffin? No, there was nothing in the coffin. All right, man. that's, that's yeah. okay. I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah, that would... I've uh... never, never gone through to you guys, man. I know how many times I've called you for years and years for this and that. I figured, you know what? I've just been listening to your radio station this morning. I've been drinking all night, so I thought I'd call you up. And you answered. Holy shit. Oh, sorry, my language. That's okay. That's how I talk, too, when I've been drinking all night. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, wow, <laughs> I got through to you. I've never, ever got through to you guys, man. Like, I'm, I'm shocked. I said, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Unfortunately, we don't have any prizes or anything for you. No, that's cool, man. I just, I just called just to, you know what? I've never got through to anything. I'm thinking, I'm just going to call you guys, see what's up, man, because I'm listening to you right now on the radio. Right on. Well, this is the phone number. You called the right number. If No, I know, obviously, but, like, wow, I've never got through to you guys, so this is pretty cool. Maybe maybe another day when there's competition, I might get through to you guys. Yeah. You uh, going to bed soon or what? Probably not. <laughs> okay. Keep the party going. Keep listening yeah, to the Taz right. and Jim show, know. okay? What kind of songs do you like me requesting this morning? I like to request a song. Can I? Yeah, why don't you request you like? some Greta Van Fleet? Sounds good, brother. Okay. Can, can you say my name, man, Ryan, on the radio? No way, Ryan. What's that? No way. Why not? I'm, there's, I'm not saying it. Why not? Come on, man. I'm What's not up, saying man? Ryan on the radio. Okay, don't say Ryan on the radio, all right? Uh, then everyone will want me to say their names. All right, that's cool, man. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, Bye, Ryan. Give a shout-out to Zubik. How about that? Okay. Have a great day, that? Ryan. Uh, wind right, her down at some point, okay, buddy? All right, I will, man. Okay. I'm going to call you again and see if I get through. You never know. Bye. Jim Kelly, really rolling the dice this morning. You forgot to wear a mask into the building, and now you're stuck here. You can't leave. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't even think about it until I was already to the elevators, and I just didn't look at the security guard and thought, like, if he sends me back, 
what's the difference? Like, I'm already here, uh-huh. but now I don't know how to sneak by when there's more people when I leave today. I've got some disposable masks in my car. I'll go grab you one and bring it up, okay? Is it? Can I just run out? You can, but what if you uh, encounter someone? We've seen this time and time again. People getting stabbed, shot, fist fights. Pepper sprayed. Pepper sprayed because they don't have their masks on. People are, yeah. I squirrely. don't want you to get hurt. I think, wait a second, there's a there's a back door that uh, some of the people who smoke here go out. You could try to sneak out that way, yeah. but if somebody's in the stairwell... <laughs> no distancing on that stairwell. They might give you a clothesline, <laughs> throw you down the stairs for not wearing your mask. Uh, you are like a male Karen, Jim. How dare you? You don't think you should be wearing a mask. You think you're above it. I, it was an accident, you okay? You turn around, go back to the car. You think you're better than everybody. Okay. I get it, male Karen. Okay, Taz, this is a workplace harassment. Can I please talk to the manager? <laughs> Can I talk to your manager about the way you're treating me? It's completely <laughs> inappropriate. Uh, there was a little investigation that was done by a guy trying to figure out, and this is a debate that's been going on, what is the male equivalent of Karen? Is it uh, Ken? <laughs> is it Keith? Uh, I've heard Tucker, Greg, mm-hmm. all names that an entitled white man might have. <laughs> but this guy, uh, he did a uh, like a, a chart. He charted out different men's names trending over the past 70 years to find out what men's baby name followed the same path as Karen, uh, rising through the 50s, peaking in the late 50s, and then dropping steadily to almost become extinct in the uh, 2000s. And according to this guy's research, a male equivalent of a Karen is a Terry. No. Terry. Terry's are beauties. I have an Uncle Terry. Great guy. Yeah, no, that's the... Uh, Terry's the type of guy you can bum a smoke off at a wedding. <laughs> hey, Terry, you got an extra one of those for me? <laughs> I'll give you 50 cents. You know what? Just take it. Oh, good man. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> Thanks, Ter Bear. Yeah, I never... I, I, I think Terry, I think Fubar, I think uh-huh. Canadian Beauty. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the Karens complaining, this is cool, actually. There is a grocery store chain in the States called King's Food Markets. They've got about 25 grocery stores in New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. And the CEO of the company has made her cell phone number public. And she's encouraging people to call her if they want to complain instead of harassing her staff Hmm. when they're told to put a mask on. The buck stops here. You're like, I want to be responsible. And if there's a problem that needs to be taken care of that could escalate, I don't want to put that on anybody else but myself. It's just a simple thing. It's not Big Brother trying to control us. It's us begging you, please help me keep my people safe so they can be here to serve you. The numbers are starting to go up. I mean, people, please don't let your guard down. And that is Karen's dream, right? She wants to speak to the manager, and there's the that's the CEO. You go above the manager's head. <laughs> it's like the bat phone directly to the big wig. Yeah, that's great. Oh, Karens, I I do kind of feel bad for them because anyone who's named Karen, who's actually a nice person, is getting lumped in here. And there was a restaurant down in the states. 
this was an idea that a woman named Karen had. She's like, let's have Karen Day and give free food to anyone named Karen because it's been a tough 2020 <laughs> for all the Karens out there. Mm-hmm. I had to get creative. I thought I needed to do something to give back to Karen. So I partnered up with our client here in the Heights, Chicken Cone Houston. And I just thought if your real name is Karen, why don't we offer Karen's a chicken cone when they come in and use the password I would like to speak to the manager. <laughs> Something funny to give back to anyone with the name Karen who has had the same experience as me. Study has found that the male equivalent of a Karen is a Terry, but you disagree with that. Hey, we used to uh, nickname all the guys Ron. 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 We used to just sit there and say, don't be a Ron. Don't be a Ron. You think a Ron is a, a male Karen? I do, yeah, I do. I do. I just think it's bland. You know what I mean? There's no, uh, you know, it's kind of boring. Okay. Well, apologies to all the Rons out there this morning. <laughs> what's your What's your awesome name? Mike. Oh, Man, there's always Mike. lots of Mike. Here we go. It's Mike. <laughs> Just because there's so many of you, you think you can say whatever you want, Mike. We clan together. It doesn't matter if we don't know each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. You don't want to mess with the Mikes or the Daves, Jim. Mm-hmm. Or the Jims. There's a lot of Jims out there, yeah. too. Strength in numbers. Hey, good morning. It's Taz and Jim. I think the name is Richard. Richard. <laughs> Richard. I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory as to uh-huh. why, but uh, Richard's always, I think, a good uh, Karen substitute. Yeah, I never really understood how you got dick out of Richard. I don't understand either, <laughs> but I mean, if that's what the short form is going to be, it might as well, right? <laughs> that sounds like a trip to the emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> how do you get dick out of Richard? Okay, thank you. <laughs> We're getting here a couple Darren's. Todd's Todd. I, my brother's name is Todd. Yeah. I like that. Let's make that stick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Todd. Chad. Yeah, Chad's another one. Chad's more of like a frat bro kind of name already, though. It's already it's already has a play on its name, basically. Yeah, Chad is the the guy with the sweater tied around his neck, right? Yes, yes. On his daddy's yacht. Hey, Chad. Yeah, different pastel colored shorts. Uh, the majority of text messages saying Kyle. Karen and Kyle. Does it have to be another K name? I feel like I, I like the way Karen and Kevin sounds. Kevin? Yeah. Keith? Keith? No? Keith? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's one syllable. Kyle. Karen. Keith. Karen is two. Karen. What, I like when they rhyme like Aaron, like A A Ron, Aaron, Karen and Aaron. Karen and Aaron. What about Larry? <laughs> Karen and Laren. <laughs> now, Larry, again, I think Larry and Terry <laughs> sound like guys, like you said, the dudes at the wedding who are really taking advantage of the open bar gym. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know Terry and Larry were coming. We would have charged for drinks. <laughs> Need more whiskey. <laughs> but look at all the calls that are coming. You want more? Yeah, why not? Hey, it's Taz and Jim. Well, that was quick response time, gentlemen. So- yeah. Listen, I, I was thinking, Richard, before that lady called in as well, I've got a father-in-law uh, from previous years. It's actually my brother's wife's father. And, okay. And uh, he maintained a close relationship with my mom. His name is Richard. Now, he's a nice guy. He's in his 70s now. But Richard was an engineer. 
And uh, everything that Richard did was very, very particular, Karen style. He would uh-huh. give the business to anybody and to everybody that he came across. And he was brilliant. He was very intelligent. But the problem was, because he felt like he was always the smartest man in the room, he was going to let you know about it. So telemarketers, man, you should. It was a thing of beauty to hear him blow them up. And I just think about when a guy feels like he's got the answer to everything, it's a Richard. It's a dick. Quit being a dick. And I like Ron, too, but, you know, Richard, I think, is perfect. You know what I mean? All right. That's what you said. What's your name? My name's Josh. Josh. Oh, Josh is a good one. Could it be Josh? (laughs) Joshua. I don't know about you, but, like, Josh doesn't seem to be a very famous name in men above, like, 40. Uh That's a young man's name. There's a couple of guys that were in Hollywood, like Josh Duhamel and... Joshua Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, Josh seems to be a name that kind of hit people that are now in their mid-30s and younger, and then it seems to have disappeared underneath the age of, like, 20. I don't mean a lot of Josh's younger than that. I'm 36. (laughs) So... I don't know if I fit in that. You know what's going on here. You know what's going on. Everyone is calling in with suggestions. The phones are going crazy. They're lit up like a Christmas tree right now. Everyone wants to suggest names that are not their name. (laughs) Because if it sticks, like look look at the torture that Karens are going through right now. Like the nice, everyone, it's a derogatory term now, Karen. Nobody wants their name to go down that road, right, Josh? Gentlemen, have a great day. Yeah. Thanks, for your time. Thanks for the call. Thanks for telling us about Dick. <laughs> Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.